Hello, hello. My name is Brady Pointer. We're back with The Point. Welcome to this fine show. Today we're going to be talking a multitude of DFW sports. Got Rangers, Cowboys, Mavs. Got all three of them here for you. Going to talk a little bit about the Cowboys here first though. They um, won their game against the Saints 27-17. Dak wasn't that great. 26-40, 238 yards, touchdown interception. Running game really didn't have much to offer. Um, they were pretty much um, stymied the whole game. Uh, you had that big Tony Pollard run. That was pretty much all you got out of the running game for the whole game. Um, offense is just looking, just looking off. Not the same as it was at the beginning of the season. Um, a lot of three and outs. I think Dallas had like five or six three and outs against the Saints. Offensive line hasn't been great. Uh, the play calling's been questionable. A lot of early down runs. A lot of um, short passes behind the line of, scre- line of scrimmage passes, screens. A lot of things like that. Reminds me of the Jason Garrett days, to be honest with you. Very conservative play calling. Putting yourself in long third down situations, putting yourself in long second down situations, because the team wants to run the ball on early downs, and that's not effective, and it's proven to not be effective. I and mean, the offense has been bad uh, out of these last four or five weeks. I mean, outside of the Atlanta game, this offense has not played well. Didn't play well against Kansas City. Didn't play well early against Las Vegas, and they really didn't play well play well against the Saints. I mean, the defense was the reason. This team was even in, was even able to win the game. Got the pick six by Carlos Watkins on top of three other interceptions. I mean, they they were forcing turnovers all day long. And this, this I mean, the, with the amount of times Dallas had chances to score, they should have won this game by like three or four touchdowns. Dallas had multiple opportunities to score. I know the Saints have a good defense. It's not. It's good. It's really good. But this Dallas offense has been elite at the beginning of the season, but they've fallen off. Very poor, very badly, and it's questionable to think. You know, make makes you think: Is this the real Dallas Cowboys that we're seeing right now? No, we're still eight and four, but you know, Washington is sitting there at two games back. They're on a four-game win streak. Then you've got the Giants. Um, both of those games are away. Who I'm not really worried about the Giants, but then you got Washington again, and they're they're sitting there just waiting. They've got, like I said, four-game win streak. Taylor Heineke's been playing well in the month of November. Um, still don't really trust him if I'm a Washington uh, Washington football team fan. So that's you know that's a question you I gotta ask on Sunday is can this defense come out and continue to play well? Because I don't know what what we're gonna get out of the offense. I mean Washington's run defense is good. They've got a good front seven. The pass defense for them has been awful. It's like a top three run defense, bottom three pass defense. So if there is a game for Dallas to get there. Passing game right. It's this one. I mean, it got Cooper will be everyone will be back. Won't have any injuries. I mean, even if Zeke sits, even if they do decide to sit him for him to get right and get healthy, Paul, you're not losing anything putting Pollard in the game. You're really, you're Tony Pollard. You're not you're not losing anything at all. So I've got no issue with that. I think if Dallas does want to get right in the passing game to want to fix those issues, this is the game to do it. If the passing game comes out and they don't score in the first half. I think in their in their three losses, in their last three losses, Dallas has been outscored forty eight to sixteen in the first half. So fast starts are crucial. That's what they were doing early in the season. They were coming out, and they were scoring on the first drive, scoring on their second drive, getting out ahead early. And and now you're getting behind. You're getting outscored in the first half. 
and you're having to play catch-up in the second half. And you're losing games because of it. And if Dallas would have started out, played well in the first half against Las Vegas, they wouldn't, that game wouldn't have gone to overtime. Dallas would have won that game. They didn't. They waited until the fourth quarter to start playing football. I mean, now granted, Dak made the throws that was, but that were kept them in the game and got them to got them to overtime. But early, he wasn't good, and the starts have been poor. Like I, like I just said, got outscored forty eight sixteen in the first half in their last three losses. Cannot start that way against Washington. They've got all the momentum right now. Four game win streak. Dallas is coming off a win, but you're not satisfied with that win. The offense, like I said, didn't play well. So you've got, there's a lot of questions to be asked on the Dallas Cowboys locker room. You've got nine-day break, got a little bit longer break than most than most people. So you've got that extra couple days to reevaluate, to practice. And this offense needs to have some sort of powwow. I'm getting tired of looking at it. You know, it's it's really night and day from what we saw at the beginning of the season to what we're seeing now. It's crazy. And it, like I said, it reminds me of when Jason Garrett was calling plays. Reminds me of that era of Dallas Cowboys football. Very conservative, very boring football. Early down runs, want to run, 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 run. And I get, you know, good, I get it. This team thrives offensively when they can run the football. But sometimes it doesn't work. You did, it, you know, why don't we, why don't we take a, note, a page from the the book of the Tampa Bay game where Dallas knew they couldn't run the ball. They they tried it a little bit earlier, knew they couldn't do it, completely went away from it. And they passed the ball. They threw up and down the field against Tampa Bay. But now, can't run the ball. Can't really pass the ball that well. So now what do you got to do? You got to figure it out. I mean, it's, it's not just Zeke. It's not just Tony. I mean, Dak's not playing great either. He's missed some throws. He's looking a bit inaccurate. He's been under pressure a lot lately. Offensive line has not played great. So there's a lot of different issues surrounding receivers. Drop passes. I mean, got got drop passes from your receivers. So... I really don't want to say the Cowboys just might be this type of team. But they might be. And I think this last stretch, you know, they got these three division games. Then you got Arizona. And then you got another division game against Philadelphia to finish out the season. Got five more games to ride the ship and really solidify yourself the NFC East. And you got Washington there sitting there licking their chops. They're ready to go. They're ready to play on Sunday. Dallas comes out thinking that they're going to get an easy game. They are wrong. They will be. They will get beat, and they, they will be right back where we are now, bitching and moaning about how bad the Cowboys are and where the season has gone. I mean, they're still eight and four, so the record looks good. But if you watch the Cowboys games, the offense has looked poor. The defense has been what's keeping them in games and winning them games, and that's has was not how the season was supposed to go. The offense was supposed to be. What wins this team games, week in and week out, and you look over the course of the past four or five weeks outside of the Atlanta game, and it just has not been there. And it really makes you question what happened to Dak in the MVP form. You know why are your receivers dropping balls? Why can't the coaching staff figure out what they want to do on the offensive line? I mean, why is we why are we switching around between? Terrence Steele, L. Collins, and Connor McGovern, and Connor Williams. Let's let's stick. Let's find something that works. I mean, you put get back to what we had at the beginning of the season. Why are we straying from that? Lael at right tackle, Connor at left guard, Tyrus Smith at left tackle, Zach Martin at right guard, Biotis at center, and throw McGovern and then let him play fullback. All right, 
Let's not stray from what worked at the beginning of the season. Let's get back to that. And maybe this team can find some consistency on offense. Because it's just the poor starts are getting this team. They're falling behind. They're having to dig themselves out of holes. And if Dak's already having a poor game, you don't want to have to put the ball in his hand to continue throwing the ball more to get yourself out of the hole you've put yourself in. And that's kind of been the case past few weeks. I haven't been completely confident with Dak throwing the football uh, these past few weeks, and it's shown. I mean, he really hasn't thrown the ball with a lot of consistency, a lot of accuracy. And I don't know if that's the any injuries or if he's uncomfortable or not quite sure what it is. But him, Kellen Moore, when you get Mike McCarthy back in the building, something needs to be figured out with this offense because it is completely different than what we saw at the beginning of the season. They don't move the ball well at all. The running game is stagnant. Passing game can't get can't get consistent enough to move the ball downfield. So there's a lot of problems. And I mean obviously not writing them off. Like I said, they're eight and four. They have they have all the destiny in their hands. There's no reason to write them off. But getting Randy Gall- Randy Gregory back and Neville Gallimore, they both they both should be back uh, for the Washington game. So that's so that's something to look forward to. But you need Dak to return to MVP form. That's where it starts. He was first, second, third in Vegas odds for MVP uh, before this losing streak happened, before these past five games happened, and before the injury. And after that, it's just been downhill. And I don't want to say the injury is the cause of that because it didn't look to be that serious. But maybe it is. I'm not real sure. So what we need, but the team needs Dak to get back to MVP form if they want to finish this season strong and potentially go four and one or five and zero. Oh because I mean they have every opportunity to win all their division games. That game against Arizona will be tough, but you know could be could be important for seeding wise in the NFC if you know Arizona could drop a next drop their next couple games and Dallas you know picks up wins. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm gonna move on to the Cow- uh, the Mavericks now. Uh, they suck. Lost to Memphis 97-90 on Saturday. Uh, the game wasn't really close despite the scoreboard. Dallas really didn't get back into it until the fourth. They didn't have Luka, didn't have uh, KP. So, I mean, what was the expectation? I mean, you need Brunson and Tim Hardaway Jr. to come out, and they started slow. I mean, like I said, the team didn't really get anything going until the second half. So, against a team that had just won by 73 points, who is also without their star, John Morant's hurt. So... It, it really begs the question, well, what the hell is this team doing? What the hell is this roster doing? You know, it, you got to look at Desmond Bain, who went after Josh Green in the draft. And this has been big talk with Mavs Twitter um, ever since that game. Is Some comments Desmond Bain made after about you know how Josh Green didn't see the floor at all. And uh, Desmond, Desmond Bain was a leading scorer in that game. So, you know, it's really... And th- yeah, so it just makes, it makes you think, what the hell is this team doing? What the hell is this front office doing with their roster building? I mean, the guys they signed are doing nothing. Shall we go look at uh, Reggie Bullock's stats so far this season? At 21 minutes per game, he's averaging 5.5 points, 27.5 from three-point per- three land, 34.4% per- from the field. His um, player efficiency rating is 4.05, which is second to last in the league, according to ESPN. That is awful. And it's not like Sterling Brown is doing much better. He's got three points a game, 35.5 field goal percentage on about 13 minutes a game. 
So you're not really getting much out of him either. I mean, Bullock, when he starts, he, his, his shot is flat. It's just banging off the rim. He doesn't seem to have any rhythm out there. He shot 41% for, for a playoff team last year. So it doesn't make much damn sense to why this team can't get their shots to fall. You know, one would point to their lack of shots around the rim. Uh, Dallas is second to last in the league in shots around the rim uh, at 22. Or last in the league, excuse Dallas is dead last in the league at shots within five feet of the basket at 22 per game. But they uh, they make they make them at a 64.5% clip, which is sixth in the league. So, I mean, Dallas is making them. They make about 14, 15 a game. They shoot about 22. So Dallas is making their attempts at the rim. They're just not doing it enough. And, th- and that really starts with Luka. Luka's got to get to the rim. You know, he looks a bit out of shape. You know, it's always been an issue coming in, coming into the beginning of the season with him. Is he always seems out of shape, doesn't seem to want to do the dirty work early. And what he does best is get to the rim. That's where he's dominant. You know, and I know Dallas doesn't have a lot in the way of post-scoring options outside of him. You know, Willie Cauley-Stein, not great. Uh, Boban's not bad in the post, but you can't ex- expect him to come out there and play 20 minutes. Uh, like I said, Willie Cauley-Stein's not great. Dwight Powell's not great. Maxie's not great down low. Uh, KP doesn't have much of a post game, even though he's 7-3. So, it's kind of, it's it's ridiculous. The fact that Dallas can't score down low, even with Luka. And if Luka would get to the basket more, which he's capable of doing, he doesn't need a great center to do that. He's capable on his own. It would open up so much more for the offense, for himself and the other shooters. I mean, to be honest, the offense is kind of open up anyway. Dallas is getting good looks. They're just not quality because they're taking a lot of outside shots. If Dallas would get to the rim more, it gets some easy buckets. It would lead to easier opens, easier, easier and more open outside looks. Because you you have more, you have so much confidence to get to the rim, and defenses have to adjust to that. If you're easily getting to the basket, they're going to they're going to collapse into the paint, and that's going to leave the Bullocks, the Maxies, the the, the Dorian Finney-Smiths, the Tim Hardaway Juniors. That's going to leave them open. You know, I said Bullocks not shooting great. He is still a shooter in this league. You know, shooters shoot. You got to keep shooting. Eventually, you imagine he's going to get out of this funk. The entire team, in general. I mean, the entire team can't shoot for shit. They're bottom of the league in most major shooting categories. It's bad. And it's not like they're lacking shooters. They've got people on the team that can shoot. Chris Stapps can shoot. Maxi can shoot. Dorian can shoot. Tim Hardaway Jr. can shoot. Jalen can shoot. Reggie can shoot. Sterling Brown, they're all supposed to be able to shoot. It's the shots aren't falling right now. And it's problematic. Because at some point, you have to think that they're going to start falling. Because that's just how, that's just how things work. And like, it, it, probability works. That's just how it goes. I mean, it's hard to sustain an 82-game season where you're only making 33% of your threes. Especially when you got a team that's got, a, you know, that's got shooters on. It's not like Dallas is lacking in shooters. They're simply not. It's just the shots aren't falling. But at some point, You've got to make an adjustment. If the shots aren't falling, you can't just wait until they start make just until they start going in. You've got to find a way to get to the rim. Got to find a way to start generating points in the paint, and that starts with Luca. <coughs> Excuse me. That starts with Luca. He's got to be much, much more aggressive on the offensive end. Much more aggressive. Got to see him want to get to the rim more because that's where he's dominant. He knows that. He knows that. 
He can't take step back threes every time. He knows he's got to get to the rim to open up everything else in his offensive repertoire. So, I mean, but the thing is with the Mavericks, you know, Nico said they're 20, 25 games in that we're going to find out who we are. And they're, that's where we're at that point. And I think we know this team is not great shooting the ball at the moment. They don't have any type of uh, paint presence scoring. They're not a great defensive team. They don't have a whole lot of assets to go out there and make a move at the trade deadline. So we might, as fans, we might have to swallow the pill that the Mavericks just might be an average team this season. Which means they might be fighting for a playoff spot at the end of the year. So, Or they might not be in it at all. I mean, it just depends on what, what happens. And if Chris Stapps can't stay healthy, that's going to be a problem. Apparently he said last night he woke up in pain because of his knee. So, I mean, that's that's not good to hear. So there's a lot of different issues surrounding this team right now. They might just be average. They might just be an average team. Poor roster building. That's where it's come down to right there. That's all it comes down to. And that ain't on Luka. That ain't not really on the players. That's on the front office. This front office can't put together a team for shit. They've shown they can't for a decade now. Quit acting like this team is well-ran. Let's stop it. It's not anymore. Mark Cuban has completely lost touch on how to form and build a basketball team. We haven't seen enough of Nico Harrison make a judgment on him yet, but we have seen enough of Mark Cuban. And the man has lost his touch as an owner and needs to sell the team. Get out of here. It's getting bad. You've proven to us that you can't or don't want to build a winner. I mean, hell, what, look what happened when we, after, after the Mavs won the championship in 2011. You blew up the damn team. So no one, you've proven to nobody that you want to build a contender here in Dallas. All you do is say you do, but then you just then you just go and don't. You bring in the likes of Reggie Bullock and Sterling Brown who have done jack shit this season. So yeah, Mark Cuban is probably the biggest problem right now for the Mavericks. More than the players. More than Chris Stapps. It's got to be Cuban in his awful roster building. So the Mavs, you know, they got the game against Brooklyn tomorrow. Brooklyn's good. Uh, they're like 16 and 7 or something like that. They're gonna, it's gonna be another tough match. This has been a very tough stretch for the for the Mavericks. Got to get out of it. Got to find a way to eat, squeak out wins wherever you can get them. Not 100% sure what we're gonna see out of KP or Luca tomorrow if they're gonna play or not. So we'll see there. But it's not looking good right now for the Mavericks. Not playing well. Offense is stagnant. And uh, just not a lot of hope right now. Need to see the offense turn it around. I mean, similar to the Cowboys. Whatever the offense is, whatever's wrong with that offense, got to fix it. Because we know that we got the talent. Know that we got the talent. They just got to find a way to get the balls in the basket. We want to move on to the Rangers a little bit. Some happy note. Some good talk. You know, the Rangers actually making little moves. You know, helping themselves out. Building a winning ball club. I mean, that's what that's what you know. That's what the champions do. And um, you know, the Rangers aren't them, but they're building towards that. So they you know resigned. They got Trevor Simeon, seven years, hundred seventy-five million, coming off a career year, plus seven. You know, WAR over seven, two sixty-five average, forty-five home runs, hundred two RBIs, OPS in at eight seventy-three. Uh, he's more likely to play second now that they've signed Corey Seager as well. 10 years, $325 million. He's a bit younger. Seager's 27. Simeon's 31. 
Uh, Seager had a 915 OPS, 306 average. The dude gets on base. Not not a big power guy, uh, but they are two of the best bats on the market. And Texas was one of the worst offensive team, the worst offensive team in the league last year. So needed to get these bats. Needed to get some. Um, good pop in the lineup, and that's what they got here. They brought in uh, Cole Calhoun, too. He hit 33 home runs in 2019. Uh, battled some injuries here and there uh, with Arizona, so hopefully he can bounce back. There's only one-year deal at $5 million. Uh, then they signed John Gray. Four years, $56 million. Got a pitcher in, 8-12 and last season, 4-5-9 ERA, a whip of 1-3-2, about 150 innings pitched. Uh, so that's what they're looking for. Looking for a guy that can go a lot of innings. They need a nice veteran presence in this rotation because there isn't one at all. Simply not. Um, not a guy like Gray. It's going to be a lot of young guys next season. Colby Allard to the world. Cole wins. you got to get him up. Got to see what he can do on the major league level because uh, he was fantastic in the minors last year. So there's still going to be a lot of a lot of questions to be asked, especially the pitching staff. You know, Texas isn't done yet. You know, they can't really do much right now because of the lockout. And who knows how long that's going to last. Very poor timing on that. You know, I think da- I think baseball had a had a rebound here. A lot of people were paying attention. A lot of people were really enjoying it. And then you go and get into a lockout. And it just kills all the momentum you've built up. And so you say, hate to see that. On the Rangers side, you hate to see it as well. They had built up a lot of momentum getting these signed, getting these guys signed, getting them with the team, uh, showing everyone that they're actually coming out to spend money. This is the most expensive offseason any team has ever had in Major League Baseball history. The Rangers have already committed over $500 million in salary to these four players. Crazy number. The Rangers said they were going to spend, and boy, did they spend. And it, it was always going to be, we'll believe it when we see it type of thing as fans. You say you're going to do it, we'll believe it when we see it. And boy, did they do it. And now I think Texas, like I said, Texas isn't done. They're in the market for Kershaw. They're in the market for another starting pitcher. They really need another starter for this rotation. Because John Gray wasn't going to help this rotation um, get to a contending level. And there's a chance that this team still might not be a playoff team next year. It's really, it's very possible. Very, very possible. So to sit there and... They had to have told Simeon and Seager that that might be a possibility because what I heard from the talks that they had with them was that Texas was transparent and they told them the, what they could do for this rebuild and how it's going to go. And I'm sure that included we may not make the playoffs in 2022. Hell, there might not be a season in 2022. So it might not even matter. But that's the thing is the, the Rangers were transparent and they told them how it's going to go and they still signed on. That that shows just the faith that the, that Simeon and Seager have in this organization, and the faith they have in Young, and that he can build Chris Young, and that he can build a championship team, which he seems to be on his way to doing. Now you just gotta get now things need to start falling in place. Players that were in the minors need to come. Uh, Josh Young, Cole Wynn, like I said. Uh, you need those players. Spencer Howard, need him to come around. Got him in a trade last year, last season. So you need those young players to really step in and perform. And that's that's how that's how building a championship team works. You can't. It's not always going to be just the stars you bring in. The play, the homegrown players. There has to be some that step up and perform. And you're looking at Josh Young. You're looking at Cole Wynn, uh, Sam Huff, maybe here in a year or two. So you're looking at those players that come in. And perform, and they have to. 
If Texas wants to get back to the World Series, it can't just be on spent money. They've got to get that homegrown talent producing at the major league level. But that's all for not right now because of the damn lockout. So we'll wait and see how long that lasts. Talks lately haven't been great between the two sides. I think on the day before, the day of the you know, the day of the lockout, the final day for no negotiations, the meeting lasts like seven minutes. So there's been a lot of different issues, money being the main one, uh, especially with COVID just happening. You know, pl- uh, owners want to recoup what they lost. Players also want to be treated fairly. Bunch of different things going on. Obviously, got to go for the players in these situations. Owners suck. They're all power-hungry bastards. Uh, so, got to go for the players here. Hopefully, they can get this resolved before too long. Don't want to running into the season. Don't want to taking too much of spring training. Because spring training is important. Got to get back into game shape. Got to spend that whole month playing good baseball. Getting ready for a long season. And if this goes in the season, you go 162 games, then you may be down to 140, and then you go from there. And you hope that doesn't happen. And I hope it doesn't happen. I don't want baseball to be delayed. I want to see the Rangers get out there and play some more. I want to see Simeon. I want to see Seager in a Rangers uniform. I want to see them get out there and play. And I want to see what other moves the Rangers make. They can't do anything right now because of lockout. So I'm interested. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm loving it. Coming from out of Arlington. What the Rangers are doing, it's how you kickstart a rebuild right there. You sign two of the best players on the market. It's how you do it. It's how you do it. That's about it for the point. Thanks for listening and sharing. Uh, I have some out maybe later this week. And we'll talk more later. Y'all have a great day. See y'all.